Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. They took Jesus to Anna's house. Another thing out of protocol, out of order, all the Sanhedrin had to be present. And that didn't happen. They wanted Jesus gone. They were willing to break the law to make that happen. In our text, Jesus is bound and led away to Annas, father-in-law to Caiaphas. His name, by the way, is Joseph Caiaphas. Look at verse 14. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews it was, it was expedient that one die for the people. Now write this down and look it up in your own time. John chapter 11, verse 49 through 52. He said the same thing in verse 50. He said, it works in our favor that one man dies for the nation. He said, it's either Jesus or the nation perishes. Verse 51 of Luke 11 tells us he did not say this on his own authority, but he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Listen, Caiaphas didn't know that he was prophesying, not just the death of of Jesus, but for all of God's children scattered abroad, for all of uh, of the Gentiles. And I want you to look, read your Bible, look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. It was expedient that one man should die. What's the next word? For the people. This word for could also read instead of or in place of. This word for is a substitutionary word. In verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did the other disciple. Now listen, I'll tell you, the other disciple is John. In John's gospel, he always refers to himself as the other disciple. I do find it interesting that the only time that he tells us his name, John, is when you guys remember um, at, the, uh, at the tomb, when they went to the tomb and, and John and Peter were racing, remember? And, and, and John said, uh, and John said uh, uh, he got there first and he named himself there. He says, and John arrived at the tomb first. I find that interesting that the only time that John tells us his name is in regard to I beat Peter running. <laughs> other than that, he just says the other disciple. Now, scholars don't know how or what are the circumstances, but we learn that John and his family are known in the house of Caiaphas. There's speculation concerning their relationship. Maybe they bought fish to the high priest because they had a fishing business. But we know that John comes from money. So the priestly line was familiar with each other. And because John had this relationship, John was able to bring Peter 
into this area where they are trying Jesus. Look at verse 16 through 18. We have the account of Peter's failure to acknowledge the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, are y'all listening? Are y'all, say amen if you're listening. The Holy Spirit wants us to know that this is really important. Why? Because it's, it's recorded in all four Gospels. All four Gospels tell this story of Peter's failure. Matthew chapter 26, Jesus said, All of you will be made to stumble because of me in this night. And in self-confidence, you know the story, Peter starts arguing with the word of the Lord. And he says, Even if all were made to stumble, Jesus, because of you, I will never stumble, Peter said. And the word stumble is the Greek word scandalizo. We have the word, anybody know? Scandal. It speaks of a snare, a trap, a stumbling block. Peter. Don't you love Peter? I love Peter. I love Peter because Peter is much like me. And Peter is much like you. Uh, Peter, uh, he pulls Jesus aside. I love this. I love this story. Peter pulls Jesus aside. And Peter says, Lord, because you know, Jesus said, all of y'all are going to stumble. Because of me. All the disciples, all y'all going to leave me. And Peter pulls Jesus aside says, Jesus, come, 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 come. And Jesus comes off to the side. And Peter says, you know, Lord, I hear you and I feel you. But Jesus, I, I, you know, I won't be surprised if any one of those guys run like girly men. But not me, he says. Just between me and you, they never really were that committed anyway. I just don't tell them I said that. But they were never that committed anyway. But Jesus, you and me, we've been through a lot together. You know I'm tough. I'll stand and fight. Jesus, I will cut off ears for you. Whatever it takes. Peter did something, listen, that we ought never to do. And what is that? Compare yourself with somebody else. Don't ever compare yourself with somebody else. Because I'll tell you something, if you compare yourself with other people, you will definitely find somebody who's worse off than you. It's easy. You'll find somebody. Three people know what I'm talking about. Let me preach over here. Cassandra, let me preach to you. What was I saying? (laughs) Don't compare yourself to other people. That's right. Because you always find somebody worse than you. You can always look down on somebody else. I tell you what, if you want to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. And if you compare yourself to Jesus, you will never measure up. You will always, like Nebuchadnezzar, come out wanting and lacking and coming up short. Because you can't compare to Jesus. You can compare yourself to other people, but you can't compare yourself to Jesus. Second Corinthians tells us just that. Second Corinthians 10, 12 says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who condemn themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are what saints? Not wise. It's not wise for you to look at somebody else and say, I'm better than them or, you know, I've got something, I'm more spiritual than they are. Don't compare yourself to other people. Peter overestimated his own dedication. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, in verse 17, 
The following events beginning in verse 17 covers about one hour and is recorded in all four Gospels. Let me give it to you in a nutshell, okay? First of all, when they arrest Jesus, Matthew tells us Peter followed afar off. That is sad. Once close to Jesus and now following at a distance. And you know, as a pastor, I see this happen all the time. I see people who were once excited about the things of God, excited to hear the word of God, excited to um, get the church. If you've been in ministry for any amount of time, you know what I'm talking about. Excited to get the church, excited to get the worship. I've seen them and they they on the front row and their necks are sticking out and they're gazing up and writing down and 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 and, and keeping notes and reading their Bible and they're excited about the things of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you know, I can almost tell where a person is somewhat by where they're sitting. You heard me say this before, but where they're sitting in the sanctuary. Amen. Because if you're sitting up front, usually, this is where you normally sit. And then I find you sitting somewhere in the middle, and it ain't really that crowded where you need to be in the middle, okay? And then all of a sudden, you're sitting by the back door. Give it a couple weeks, I know you probably finna change churches. Amen. I'm preaching the truth. You can almost tell. You see the excitement. And don't you know? Listen to me close. Satan knows exactly what is going to get your attention to cause you to follow the Lord afar off. He knows. He'll he'll give you more business than you can really handle so you can't get to church and you can't get to worship. He'll give you more things to do, so uh, engagements and things like that. He'll get your kids in soccer and hockey, and God is my living witness. Some of these sports they got these kids in nowadays is from the devil. Yeah, I said it. I ain't say your kid was of the devil. I said, because some of y'all are like, oh, no, he did not. No, I didn't say your kid was of the devil. I said, the sports, listen to me. The sports and the things, they're pulling you away from the Lord. Because rehearsal or practice, they usually have it on a night where a lot of churches have church services. Am I right about that? They'll have it on a Wednesday night, and that's practice for the kids. And then we got a game on Sunday morning. We got a game on Sunday morning right about when it's time to have church. Well, how about have a game around 2 or 3 o'clock when church is over? No, we got to have it around 8 to 11 when church is happening. Or we got a game in another state. And before you know it, you are all over the place with your kids taking this game and that game and this thing and that thing. And before you know it, yeah, you're coming to church, but are you closely following Jesus? The answer to that is probably no. Because you're never in church. You're never with the body. You're never, you're never, you're never here. And in order for us to grow and become strong Christians, you got to be around people who can encourage you and, and, and help you and lift you up. Because Satan will get right in the here. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Satan will get right in the here. And he starts telling you all kinds of lies. They don't like me there. They don't even want me there. I don't even want to go there no more. I don't want to go nowhere no more. 
All I want to do is go to hockey. Before you know it, you're following the Lord afar off and you're not as excited. Are you? Question. Are you as excited about the things of God today as you were the day that you got saved? Ask yourself. Are you? And if you're not, then you need to check in. God doesn't want you to start getting lukewarm. Before you know it, you're cold. He wants you to get hot. He wants you to be boiling for him. He wants you to be more excited for him. He wants you to be so excited for him, that's all you talk about. Now, granted, I mean, you know, you, you talk about other things, too. Don't be, don't be a weirdo. But, but I mean, but, yeah, yeah. can you say weirdo from the pulpit? <laughs> I guess I just did. And uh, don't be a weirdo. But, 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 but you know... Serve God and talk about the Lord and, and don't, don't follow the Lord afar off. You know, some people like to follow afar off so they can compromise when it's convenient. I ain't talking about it here. I'm just saying. Some follow afar off because they're living in two worlds. What are you talking about, Willis? Listen, they got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Some Christians are secret agent Christians. Uh-huh. They don't want anybody to know. Uh-huh. Isn't that true? They don't want anybody to seek. I call them secret agent Christians. They don't want they, nobody to know. If you've been working next to somebody for a couple of years and they don't know you're a Christian, don't you think it's time to come out? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Tell them. Just tell them. Open your mouth and tell them, I'm a Christian. So they can stop inviting you to happy hour. Because happy hour ain't happy anyway. Ain't never been a happy hour seen anybody happy. Everybody at happy hour sad. Tell them you're a Christian. Or buy them a Bible and write inside, hey, I'm a Christian. That's why I'm buying you a Bible. Be awkward. It's going to be awkward. Me awkward. I mean, do something. Or... Don't buy them anything. Just tell them you're a Christian. I mean, just open your mouth and tell people you're a Christian. Don't be Paul said, I am not ashamed. God help me. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to anyone that believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, right about here, listen, Peter denies the Lord three times. Matthew 26, 34, Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Here's the first denial. A servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, hey, you're one of those disciples who were following Jesus. And Peter said, nope. Denial number two. Another girl saw him and said, yeah, it was you. And again, Peter denies, but this time with an oath. He said, cross my heart and hope to die. I'm not the man. And number three, People began to say, yeah, you were with Jesus. I can hear it in your speech, that Galilean accent. And Peter sounded like a Texan from Boston or something. Ouch. Think about that. 
Peter began to curse and swear and the rooster crowed. And history tells us in the years to come, people would crow like a rooster whenever they saw Peter to remind him of his weakness in denying the Lord. And Luke chapter 22, listen, is very dramatic. Right at that moment, Jesus was being led out of the place, out of the uh, palace of Caiaphas. And Jesus, Luke 22, reading your own time, and Jesus and Peter's eyes meet. And when they make eye contact, Peter remembers Jesus' words before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And the Bible tells us all emotion caved in on this big, rough, tough fisherman as he went and he wept and wept bitterly. Why? Because Peter could see the look of love and compassion on Jesus' face. Jesus didn't say, Peter, Peter, I told you so. Peter, I'm so disgusted and disappointed with you. How could you? The look that Jesus gave Peter crushed him, and, that, and then they led Jesus away. I'll tell you something. When the Bible says he looked at Peter, that word looked means he looked down into him. He penetrated his soul. Can you imagine Jesus looking at you and, like, penetrating your soul? Peter denied the Lord, but he didn't deny the Lord. In other words, Peter didn't go out and become a Mormon or or a Buddhist. He didn't go out and serve another God. He went out broken, and he came back stronger than ever. And as a matter of fact, when Jesus rose from the grave, he said, go tell the disciples. Come on, Mr. Calvary Chapel, help me. He said when he rose from the grave, he said, go tell the disciples and who? Peter. He said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Why? Why Peter? Because I think the Lord wanted to give Peter the assurance, Peter, you blew it. But just because you blew it, I still love you. Just because you blew it, Peter, I still got a plan for you. The Bible says if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And after the filling of the Holy Spirit, listen, I'm coming in for landing. Stay with me. After the filling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, we see a brand new Peter as he stands and gives one of the greatest sermons ever. God wants you to know this morning that when we are self-confident and when we blow it and we find ourselves failing and we find ourselves denying and instead of witnessing, he is still God. Can I get a witness? He's still God. He's still on the throne and his promises are yes and amen. In verse 18, Peter's hands are warm and his heart is cold. Verse 19 through 24. Meanwhile, back at the trial, The Annas begins to question Jesus about his disciples and about doctrine, and he wants to know how many followers he has. And Annas wants to know about his teaching. And Jesus ignores the first question. Did you note that? And he answers the second. Get this. Jesus is at his own arraignment, and actually he's arraigning them. He's at his own indictment, and he indicts them. And Jesus calmly, coolly said, I spoke openly. I taught in the synagogue nothing secret, no secret doctrine that he's teaching, no special entry codes, no no special handshakes. We got no special, you know, uh, handshake, you know, elbow, elbow, uh, left, right, hip, left, right, foot, kick, kick, and then you, and then everybody know you can get in. None of that. Jesus said, I did everything in the open. Ain't nothing special. We don't don't have no secret code. I was thinking about the Flintstones. 
Y'all pray for me. <laughs> I love the Flint. I used to love the oh God knows I love the Flintstones. See, they don't make them like that no more. I used to love the Flintstones. Y'all remember the episode where Betty and Wilma were trying to get into the loyal order of water buffaloes. Y'all remember that? And the code to get in was act, act, a dag, 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 a act. Remember that? <laughs> Act, 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 right? And, and, and Jesus is saying to them, look, read your Bible. Y'all don't read your Bible. That's why y'all don't know this in the Greek. <laughs> Jesus is saying to them, listen, we don't have no act, 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 act. There's no, there's no secret codes. We, we've done nothing to hide anything. Everything is being out in the open. Why askest thou me? Ask them who heard me that they may know what I said. And Jesus is suddenly saying, where's your witnesses, Annas? They're supposed to have witnesses and they didn't do things lawfully in the Jewish law. The prisoner didn't have to prove himself innocent. They had to prove him guilty. Annas violated the principles of Jewish justice when he questioned Jesus. The trial was unjust. The personal incrimination was unjust. The verdict was unjust. Jesus, don't you remember, wouldn't answer Caiaphas. He wouldn't say a word. And Caiaphas got so angry, he tore his high priestly clothes. Remember? And Leviticus chapter 21.10 tells us it was a blasphemy to tear your priestly robes. So he's committing a blasphemy and breaking a law while accusing Jesus of, of blasphemy. So Annas is sitting there looking stupid. One of his officers struck Jesus with the palm of his hand and said, do you answer the high priest like that? And listen, struck with the palm has the idea of struck with a stick. This is in perfect fulfillment of prophecy. Micah chapter 5 tells us, now gather yourselves in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege against us. They will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. And I love the fact that Micah calls him the judge of Israel. They didn't know it. Annas is playing judge. But guess who's really judge? Jesus Christ. And it's interesting, Jesus never struck back. People like Peter because Peter is a favorite Bible character because he's most like us. Peter liked to talk when he should have been listening. He was asleep when he should have been praying. Somebody say amen. He rushed ahead when he should have waited and held back, and he held back when he should have moved forward. Peter's like us. Our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. But I'll tell you something. In all of Peter's failures, in all of Peter's denials, in all of Peter's stumblings and setbacks, he made it through. Why? Because in Luke chapter twenty-two, thirty-one, I leave you right here, Jesus said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. The reason Peter made it through, because Jesus prayed for him. Let me tell you something. It's one thing for Pastor Rodney to pray for you. It's another thing for your mama to pray for you. It's another thing for your daddy, who is a preacher, to pray for you. But it's a whole nother ball game when Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession and prays for you. That's a whole nother ball game. And with that, and with that, you will make it through. Hold on. 
And be careful because we all deny him in some way. When you don't read your Bible, you're denying Jesus. When you don't take time to worship Jesus, you're denying him. You want me to tell you something? Listen, if you're getting here late for worship or you're getting here because you just want to get to the end of worship so you can hear the teaching, you're denying Jesus. Because he said, I'm looking for those who worship me in spirit and in truth. That's all I want. He ain't asked for your blood. And contrary to popular opinion, he ain't asking for your money. He's want, he wants your worship. And when you don't worship, you deny him. Just like Peter. Don't be so quick to look at Peter and go, oh, Peter, you deny the Lord. Oh, he denied the Lord. He's such a denier. Well, so are we sometimes. Sometimes we're a denier. You get out there in that 440 and somebody cuts you off. Watch how, how, watch how you deny. All right, watch how you deny. You know, I've told you, take the bumper sticker off your car. You know, I love Jesus. Take that off. That's a bad witness, Okay. <laughs> Because you're denying Jesus, I love Jesus. And you're denying cutting people off, following them home, wanting to beat them up and carrying on. Y'all, Christians, Lord, Christians, pray for us. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.